The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Let's get a big thumbs up. Get ready to rock and roll today. Let's have some fun. 400 laps. I got you guys there. Have a great day. 10-4. Thanks tonight. We'll make it happen. We know what we got to do. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Uh, the 44, the winning truck was found to be too low in the front and has been disqualified. Uh, the race winner is the 24, Brett Moffitt. You're still road course racing for sure, but just your habits and tendencies that you have at Watkins Glen, you, you would just never get away with those at Sonoma. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Procore Construction Management Software. Reduce rework and finish jobs faster with Procore. And by Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we're coming out of the next-to-last cup-off weekend of 2019. We're getting ready to head out west to Sonoma Raceway, and lots will be happening out there this weekend, including the final race as a broadcaster for NASCAR Hall of Famer, Daryl Waltrip. Daryl will be stepping away from the broadcast booth at the end of the race at Sonoma on Sunday. On today's show, we'll talk with him about his career and much more. Sonoma is a track that has been so kind to folks over the years, and there's been two configurations, one with the carousel, one without. This weekend, the carousel will be reintroduced for the first time since 1998. Jeff Gordon and Rusty Wallace will recall the old layout on today's show as well. We'll go face-to-face with NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series points leader Grant Enfinger, MRN pit reporter Steve Post, and host of NASCAR Today, Woody Kane. We'll step in for this week's Fast Forum. We'll break down the contenders and pretenders as we get into the summer stretch of 2019. We've got this week in NASCAR history and a whole lot more. Starting us off this week, Woody Kane stopping by with the latest in news. Woody, what do you have? NASCAR has suspended former Gander Outdoors Truck Series champ Johnny Sauter after he wrecked Austin Hill under caution at Iowa Speedway Sunday. Sauter declined comment, but Hill wasn't happy afterward. I was racing everybody as clean as I could all, all day long, and I guess he was mad that he couldn't get by me. Drove down into one, and he tried to wreck me then. And I, I, don't, I don't like racing like that. They're going to try to wreck you like that. I'm going to retaliate. Uh, I don't care if it was uh, more than what he gave me. It's, it's racing. You, you want to you wanna get into me, I'll show you that uh, I won't put up with it. Sauter will still be playoff eligible, but will not race this weekend at Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway, the last race of the Triple Truck Challenge. Meanwhile, Ross Chastain took the checkered flag Sunday, just a few weeks after he declared he'd be running for points in the truck series. However, NASCAR said Chastain's truck failed post-race inspection. Here's series director Brad Moran. Trucks are restricted on their uh, on their ride heights at the front and the rear of the vehicles. Unfortunately, the 44 was uh, low on the front. They do get an opportunity to roll around, and unfortunately, the uh, 44 did not rise on the front at all. The second place truck of Brett Moffitt was awarded his first victory of the 2019 season and the team received the $50,000 bonus for winning the second leg of the Triple Truck Challenge. Chastain joined MRN's coverage of the Xfinity Series race shortly after learning of the disqualification. Yeah, they took it away from us. It's, a, it's an old rule that, that they stand by, and, and they still uh, have lower series of their of all the divisions still go by ride height rules, and Cup Series has gotten away from it. But we were just too low, and um, the truck wouldn't come up. Not sure why they wouldn't let us look under the hood or anything, so we still won that race. Like you said, we, we won both stages. We led a ton of laps. 
Nice Motorsports is appealing the decision. Check MRN.com for the latest. I'm Woody Kane. Thanks, Woody. Coming up on NASCAR Live, we'll have a NASCAR Live Fast Forum with Steve Post and Woody Kane. And later, we'll go face-to-face with Grant Enfinger. Five-hour energy is energy on the go. Well, what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then five-hour energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss. Getting rid of old clothes. Oh, my old bell-bottoms. Scouring the grout in your shower. Working out on that old stationary bike. And so much more. Go to the store or order online at shop5hourenergy.com. Five-hour energy. Energy for hunkering down. Since 1942, Freightliner has been an industry innovator, developing trucks renowned for their dependability and efficiency. Whether your job requires a dump truck, a concrete mixer, or a delivery truck, you can count on Freightliner to maximize your productivity. With a wide range of horsepower and torque rating that meet even the most demanding job conditions. Freightliner trucks are built to build your business. Learn more at Freightliner.com. Freightliner, work smart. Don't forget next week is Procore Week on MRN as we get you ready to race at Chicagoland Speedway. Coming up next, Steve Post and Woody Kane will stop by and talk about the contenders and pretenders as we enter the summer stretch before the playoffs begin. But first, this is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. 2019 is the Motor Racing Network's 50th year, and things are about to get a lot louder. I'm Woody Kane. The NASCAR season is revving its engine, and MRN's two biggest loudspeakers are back. When race spotter Joey Meyer and I bring you the latest news, results, and headlines every Monday on MRN Out Loud. Crank it up, Mondays on MRN.com, iTunes, or wherever podcasts are heard. Here's a special message for those of you who owe the IRS at least 10000 or more in back taxes. The IRS has special programs in place that could eliminate or reduce your tax debt by thousands of dollars. The IRS is currently accepting reduced settlements and other favorable programs. You may qualify for substantial savings, so get the help you need. Take down the number now for the Federal Tax Management Hotline, 800-242-1706, 800-242-1706. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We welcome you back to NASCAR Live. And as the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series gets ready to hit the track in Northern California this weekend, we bring in Steve Post and Woody Kane for a little Fast Forum Roundtable here on NASCAR Live. Gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Mike. Hey, there you go. Great to be here. When the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series raced last, it was a week ago Monday, at Michigan International Speedway, Joey Logano got his second win of the season. The series took a weekend off. Now we're getting ready to uh, launch into a nine-race stretch that will have stops at Chicagoland, Daytona, Kentucky, Loudoun, Pocono, Watkins Glen, Michigan, Bristol. But we kick it off with road course race number one this year. Postman, I'll start with you first. Just in general, where are we right now with our six different drivers that have won? Three organizations have done the winning. How much of a reset button do you think the rest of the garage has hit in just trying to keep pace with these three organizations? I think they have to hit a major reset button. And, and, and Mike, I'm even going to put Hendrick in that camp of needing to hit the reset. Yeah, they've got to win. Chase Elliott mm-hmm. at Talladega. And they're close, and they're looking good. And we could say the same about Stuart Haas. But the reality of it is, this is 14 of the 15 wins 
have been Penske or Gibbs. Yeah. And I think if you're not driving, well, and maybe if you are driving for Penske and your name is Ryan Blaney, or you're driving for Joe Gibbs and your name is Eric Jones, maybe everybody with the exception of those drivers that have won the majority of those races need to hit the reset button and, and, and need to get a fresh start starting this weekend in Sonoma. That's what I think, Woody. Yeah, the old lesson is always objects in your mirror are closer than they appear. <laughs> they don't appear very close at the no. moment. Right now, it seems like them and everyone else. You mentioned nine wins for Gibbs, five for Penske. And what's going to happen when we start going back to these tracks a second time? Are the others going to suddenly discover some magic? Or is it going to be the same guys continuing to be strong? I think the safe money would be on those same ones yep. continuing to be strong. You mentioned Hendrick Motorsports. The battle for me to watch is back there, if you're talking playoff positioning, from somewhere around 14th to 18th with the top 16, of course, going to the playoffs. Only 26 points separate those guys. You mentioned Hendrick, William Byron, Jimmy Johnson are in that group. Mm, yeah. So they, they got some work to do. I would say, speaking of work to do, I'm very surprised that Stuart Haas Racing is not – busted into that pack specifically Kevin Harvick. But then we've seen things happen with them where it's either a strategy call, something gets away from them on pit road while this is, and and trust me, I mean, they're not the old buckets of rust in the back of the pack. They're there. They're hovering, (laughs) but it seems like posty it's this small stuff that's keeping them away from what could be many successes at this point of the year. Well, when you look at Kevin Harvick and he was asked at Michigan, are you frustrated? He said, I'm beyond frustrated. He said, I'm just determined to try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then they go out and something else with Rodney made a, made a, and, and Rodney acknowledged that he shouldn't have taken four tires at the end of that race, but okay, we want to fix this. And, and it, you know, next time it'll be Kevin Harvick speeding down pit road. Then it'll be a pit, uh, a pit stop miscue. You know, this, this, these little nagging things, man, and, and I don't know how you fix these nagging things. You can see them. Because it's not fix. one thing. No, it's not one thing either. It's, it's, it, I, I don't know, Mike. It's got to be beyond frustrating for Kevin Harvick. And do you get to the point at, at some place this year where – it boils over. Harvick has been awful close oh, yeah. to that boil over mm. moment. In fact, after uh, he was on live with TV and radio, he did the other media scrum, and every answer was, I don't know, I just drive the car. I don't know, I just drive the car. It was almost like that, I'm just here so I don't get fined moment. Right. You could feel the frustration coming through that video. Mm. Uh, yes, the Marshawn Lynch response <laughs> yeah. from years yeah. gone by for yes. Kevin Harvick. You know, when you think of road course racing, what drivers immediately come to your mind as drivers to beat on road courses? I would put Kevin Harvick into that mix, but mm-hmm. then we get back to the can they keep the extraneous stuff to a minimum so he can have his skill sets take the spotlight, get that car to victory lane. I'll put Harvick on my list. Woody, who's on your list as perhaps maybe drivers to be reckoned with over the course of that race Sunday at Sonoma? Well, we talked about the one win for Hendrick earlier. Keep in mind, Chase Elliott has gone to victory lane on a road course before. I don't know if this is going to be the the weekend that he does it again, but the guy I'm keeping an eye on is Kurt Busch. He's been the strongest Chevy almost all season long, and he's very, very good, particularly at Sonoma. I like I like the Kurt Busch pick. When we talk about guys that haven't won yet, yeah, yeah. my problem with this is let's look at the five guys that have won the bulk of these races. Mm-hmm. Martin Truex Jr. Mm. Uh, he's when did be, he win? Yeah, Just last exactly. year, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be awful tough to handle out there, okay? Mm-hmm. The Penske boys, they go to road courses. Brad Keselowski, Joey, they're pretty good on road courses. Kyle Busch, pretty good on road courses. Maybe Denny, I don't know, is not. But, I mean, you know, when you look at those key guys that keep winning – I think you've got to keep looking at them, and someone, whether it's a Harvick or whether it's a Kurt Busch, needs to jump in there and, and, and mess things up as far as this juggernaut we have at the top. Is, is bringing the carousel portion of the track enough of a wild card yeah. to kind of upset that apple cart, you think? 
I do because stop and think about it. No one in this race on Sunday has ever raced the carousel. Yeah. They got rid of it at the end of the 97 season, and now they brought it back in the track's 50th anniversary. You've got the carousel to learn how to maneuver, which is, by the way, one of the few left-handed turns at Sonoma, mm-hmm. not to mention what's the role of the aerodynamic package going to play with the big blade on the back. Mm. Paul Wolf chatted with him earlier. He, he doesn't know. There's a lot of crew chiefs that have a lot of question marks above their head about, okay, how are we going to handle this? How are we going to set this up? And we've not even gotten to the whole strategy discussion yet. Yeah, absolutely. The math will likely change with the extra portion <laughs> of the track. You know, they'll have to go and put more batteries in their calculators and figure it out. But I wonder if the lower speeds at Sonoma might mask some of the package uh, situation versus a place like Watkins Glen that's much faster. It's it's definitely the difference uh, difference between the two, and the two road courses are drastically different. I think Jeff Gordon one time described to me that Sonoma is Martinsville, Watkins Glen is Bristol. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> one is a low-speed course, and so what does that mean as far as the rules go? Now, those straightaways down into the carousel and away from the carousel back out to the other side of the speedway, those are pretty good long straightaways. So there will be more speed at Sonoma, in the cars, I mean, lap times will be slower, obviously, because it's a longer course, but there will be more speed or more high-speed places and more passing zones. I think that's what yeah. gets interesting in those teams that figure out, as uh, Mike, as you said, Paul Wolf, a lot of questions. I think those teams that find the answers to that question are, are those questions are going to be the ones that put themselves in the best spot on Sunday afternoon. You know, you did a good job of comparing this to other racetracks with the different road courses that we go to. And then there are others that we go to as well, whether it be Canadian Tire mm. in Canada for the trucks or Road America. <laughs> if you're in the lead in the, the last lap in Canada, look out, wow. baby. <laughs> <laughs> Things have a tendency to get a little rambunctious there coming to the checkered flag. Turn 11 at Sonoma's getting to be that way too, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I'm curious, though. Sonoma Raceway, what is its personality? We've described it as and compared it to other racetracks, but what personality, Posty, would you give Sonoma, especially now with the return of the carousel, these passing zones that you're describing and all the strategy shenanigans that we see break loose over the course of that race? That's a great question because first and foremost, when you go to Sonoma, it is the greatest region of the country, maybe the greatest region of the country yeah. to visit, wine country in California. So you have, Yeah, exactly. So you have <laughs> the wine and cheese setting, but there are times when they go down in the corner, it's like bowling for your competition, yeah. where someone will just, just plow into other people. Mm-hmm. And this goes back years ago. This has always been a high contact. Hey, Ricky Rudd, Davey Ellison. Mm-hmm. Remember Kevin Harvick, Robbie Gordon, Tony Stewart mixed it up. This track has always been a brawler mentality, more of a more of a Martinsville or short track mentality. So it's really interesting. I think it's I, I think the racetrack itself is more of that elbows up, get out of my way, I'm gonna move you to get out of the way. I think that's the racetrack, but Man, the setting is wild. The, whole, the whole vibe oh. at road courses now is like a giant festival and a race happens to break out. Right, absolutely. It's just it's the most fantastic setting, to me anyway, in all of motorsports. The, the road course events are just great. One of the interesting things that we've seen break loose on road courses, and to me, for whatever reason, Sonoma really sticks out, is that is where you really see strategy that some of these crew chiefs have employed in the past and probably will employ on Sunday afternoon. It, it is. It's got to be the driver's got to be, you know what's best. You're looking at the big picture, and I'm going forward. And, and I always, this fascinates me because this goes back to Watkins Glen, Paul Andrews, crew chief for Jeff Bodine. We always did the traditional cautions out, come down pit road. Mm-hmm. We were up there running. It was a 90-lap race, okay? Cautions out. Jeff Bodine stand on the racetrack. What in the wide world of sports is going on? Lap 30, he pitted. Why is Bodine pitting now? He's going to put himself right in the back, okay? 
lap 60, he pitted. All of a sudden, you could see on crew chiefs had light bulbs going off. It's like, wait a minute. Oh, he, he snookered us. his final time, and we still have to pit again. Hmm. And Paul Andrews and Jeff Bodine started this mess, and it has got <laughs> to be a big challenge for these crew chiefs yeah. to figure out when to stop because you still want to be the first one to stop last. And yeah. I think I said that the right. The first one to stop last. The first yep. one to stop last <laughs> is what you really want to be because you yeah. want to protect that track position. But then double file restarts with five laps to go. You may not want to be at the front of it either, so mm-hmm. it's wild stuff. And we anticipate that it will live up to that billing yet again this weekend. Our brothers and sisters in broadcasting over at the Performance Racing Network will have the call of the Toyota Save Mart 350. Woody Kane, Steve Post, appreciate you stopping by, man. Great insight. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, man. Coming up on NASCAR Live, we'll go face-to-face with NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series point leader Grant Enfinger. And later, we will preview this week. Five-hour energy is energy on the go. Well, what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then five-hour energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss. Getting rid of old clothes. Oh, my old bell-bottoms. Scouring the grout in your shower. Working out on that old stationary bike. And so much more. Go to the store or order online at shop5hourenergy.com. Five-hour energy. Energy for hunkering down. Aries, delivery charge may apply. Here's your chance to win a set of your very own Hercules tires. Go to HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Simply register, and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go, no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules Tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires, ride on our street. NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series driver Grant Enfinger joins us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Winged Nation with Steve Post, Aaron Evernham, and Ashley Streming. Your destination for all things winged sprint cars. Each Saturday at 8.30 and 11.30 a.m. on MAV-TV. Live at noon on wingednation.com and Facebook Live. Join us for in-depth conversations with drivers and personalities that make up the greatest dirt racing on earth. The Winged Nation Preview Podcast each Thursday previews the upcoming weekend. Winged Nation, winged sprint car talk covering dirt tracks all across America. MRN's Classic Races. Labonte gets crossed up. Labonte goes around. Dale Earnhardt now watches. Labonte spun across the line and got the win. Spanning 50 years of NASCAR racing. Barney Hall. There's a beautiful afternoon here in Daytona Beach. And the action will be fast and furious. Legendary voices. Legendary races. Daryl, simply, what happened? I just hope he chokes on that 200000 That's all I can tell you. MRN's Classic Races. Available on MRN.com, iTunes, and your favorite podcast providers. He did, he did touch. No, he knocked the hell out of me. Whelan would like to congratulate Christopher Bell and his number 20 NASCAR Xfinity Series Joe Gibbs Racing Pit Crew for the win at Iowa Speedway on Sunday. They are the Whelan trusted to perform Pit Crew of the Week. Bell led 186 of the 250 lap event to win the CircuitCity.com 250. It was Bell's fourth victory of the season and his 12th career win in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Now, back to your host, Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's NASCAR Live. Recently, our Woody Kane had a chance to talk with the points leader in the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series, Grant Enfinger, about the 2019 season and a whole lot more. It's this week's 
NASCAR Live face-to-face interview. We're here with Grant Enfinger, who leads the point standings in the Gander Outdoors Truck Series, and that's got to put a smile on your face. That's uh, that's the furthest you've been in the season and still leading the standings. Yeah, I mean, overall, it's been a solid year so far. We uh, we haven't got, uh, got to put a check mark in the win column yet, but we've uh, we've been knocking on the door. We've been uh, solid week in and week out. So, uh, Jeff Hensley, everybody at Thor Sport Racing has done, uh, done a really good job with our Ford F-150 so far. We, uh, we just need that little bit extra. One little bit extra. And I thought you might get it at Kansas, and then you and Brett Moffitt wind up getting tangled up, even though you both still battled back for good finishes. When you were when you were turning around there, were you going, oh, man? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought our day was over for sure at that point. Um, able to, to salvage something. Uh, but, yeah, definitely uh, definitely thought that that was one we, uh, we, we, we could have uh, at least battled for the win there. So, um, you know, we, we also ran strong at, at Texas earlier this year. So, Overall, we've uh, we, we've been good. Uh, we've been knocking on the door for a couple of them, um, but, but but we're still looking for that little extra. We we want to be knocking on the door each and every week, and uh, then then we'll end up with four or five of them at the end of the year. Are you and Brett okay now? You guys uh, talk it out. Everything okay? Uh, we didn't talk anything. He uh, he he ran into me coming on the pit road, so I put it in reverse and run into him just like the <laughs> the, 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 the stupid racers we are, I guess. So I don't know. Uh, I don't really know what that was about. We were uh, we were racing hard. What, what what I saw was a was a racing incident. I know he didn't mean to get into me while we were racing. Um, you know, I was taking his air off, and he was doing everything he could to get around us. So just uh, part of racing. A lot of talk on the cup side this year has been about the package and aero and all that stuff. On the truck side, you mentioned taking the air off. How sensitive are these trucks in those environments, and how on the edge are you to be able to take the air off of somebody like that and, and have an incident? They're they're incredibly sensitive. They they drive so good when you have clean air, but they drive so bad when you're in dirty <laughs> air. Whether you're behind somebody, underneath somebody, wherever you you are, especially the the further back in the pack you get. They're really difficult to drive, really difficult to anticipate what they're going to do. But uh, that, that's what makes this this uh, Gander Outdoors Truck Series so uh, so fun to watch. On the Thor Sport team, you guys have uh, Johnny Sauter, former champion. He's got a win this year. Matt Crafton, a two-time champion. Uh, when you guys are talking about now, you're leading the standings. Johnny's got a win. What are those meetings like between you guys when you're debriefing and talking about, well, my truck's doing this or my truck needs to do that? I feel like overall, this is my third year at Thor Sport Racing. I feel like overall we're working closer than we ever had before. Um, you know, I, I guess uh, Kansas was, was a little bit um, different for us, but for the most part all year, all four of our, our Ford F-150s have been running close together. Um, we've, we've been able to, to be close enough setup-wise to be able to talk to the different drivers and, uh, and, and compare kind of driver notes uh, from, from our end, but also the crew chiefs on their end as well. So feel like over, overall uh, everything's good. I, I know Duke and Ronda have put a, a lot of effort into to getting this lineup going, and, and uh, they're putting a lot of faith in us to, to get the job done. You mentioned uh, our, your trucks are close enough. So do you you guys all like similar traits in the truck? I mean, you hear on a lot of teams, this guy likes a loose vehicle. This guy likes it a little bit tighter. Are you guys close enough to where it can help? You know, at, at the end of the day, that, that's all the, the, the crew chief's decision, the, the individual crew chief's decision. But just on the racetrack, we're – we're close enough balance-wise, handling-wise, that I feel like we can talk to each other and help each other. So um, that that's that's better than it than it has been the last couple of years there. So I feel like it's it's all in a step in the right direction. But um, but you know our biggest focus is, is this '98 team. You know, yep. get the guys that, that support us, the, the champion power equipment, Mike Curb, um, protect the harvest, get get all those guys 
gone ahead and locked into the playoffs. So that's uh, that's that's definitely the, the biggest thing on our shoulders, um, and, I, and I feel like we're definitely capable of doing that. Let's finish up with this. You're uh, a former ARCA champion. As you mentioned, you've been in the Truck Series three years now. This is not strange to you competing for a championship. What have you learned from these past three years and winning the ARCA championship that can help you now? You know, really the biggest thing we learned is, is a couple of years ago where these stage points really matter a yeah. lot. Um, you know, obviously we, we want to go ahead and win and, and lock ourselves in. But uh, but a couple of years ago in 2017, we failed to make the, the playoffs because we, we didn't utilize stage points. We had great finishes and, and, and our performance was, was good enough to get us there, but but our, we didn't have the stage points. So so that's, that's a big part of it. And, um, you know, I, I think just the... The, the heat of the battle um, that, that, that you when you when you race for a championship whatever series it is to, to go in there fighting week in and week out it it's it's a different mindset yeah. than, than just one race that you're trying to win so I, I feel like definitely those uh, those those aspects will, will help us that's Grant Enfinger and Woody Kane on this week's NASCAR live face-to-face interview coming up on NASCAR live we'll preview this weekend's road course race at Sonoma and later, we'll have an exclusive interview with Daryl Waltrip. Five-hour energy is energy on the go. Well, what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then five-hour energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss, getting rid of old clothes, oh, my old bell-bottoms, scouring the grout in your shower, working out on that old stationary bike, and so much more. Go to the store or order online at shop5hourenergy.com. 5-Hour Energy. Energy for hunkering down. Official fuel of NASCAR, Sonoma. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. Saturday night, the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series will be racing at Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. That'll be for the Car Shield 200, presented by CK Power. Coverage will begin right here on MRN at 9.30 Eastern. Coming up next, we'll preview this weekend's Toyota Save Mart 350 at Sonoma. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Hey guys, it's Dylan Welch. He's Tyler Burnett. We're the co-hosts of the Rip the Fence podcast. If you like traditional non-wing dirt track racing, we've got the podcast for you. Shane Meal trying to drive away. I can't do everything, but I could do anything and everything I wanted before I got injured. So, Just like many of the great podcasts going, we invite racers in to talk, and they tell us their life story. And it's how I feel that matters. It's the Rip the Fence podcast, available on MRN.com and your favorite podcast app. Hey guys, Corley Joy. Join me and my friends, Lauren Fox and Daryl Ma on the Sunday Money Podcast. As we talk racing. What happened in California? Like, what is that, you know? Like yeah, they all sat in a pit road waiting for one guy to be the sacrificial lamb, and none of, nobody wanted to do it. And just life. Did you fall in love on TV? No, definitely not. I could not. Plus, you never know who might stop by. Young Ryan Blaney is here with something in his hand. I brought you our script because you guys are like our show, so. It's Sunday Money on MRN.com, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. <laughs> Motor Racing Network presents Building Toward the Playoffs, presented by Procore. 
Kevin Harvick is winless in 2019, something he and his team at Stewart Haas Racing have on their brain constantly. But every step forward, they find something else that takes them multiple steps back. Really, in, at our place right now, you're, you're kind of reevaluating everything. You know, I think as, as we started the season, took a wrong direction and have been backpedaling, uh, trying to get everything righted. And obviously, the, the speed of the cars has, has come back and, and still working on all the details. Very similar to you know the way that we started 2017, but they've done a great job in, in kind of turning the turning the ship around and getting the speed back in the cars and, and I think you know the, the steering box issue is, is obviously a, a new conversation that you have to look at all the suspension pieces parts uh, everything that, that goes with it every week we're you know 12 to 18 miles an hour faster through the center of the corner so it's just a there's a ton more load on suspension pieces spindles wheels steering boxes front clips everything that that has to do with the car is under a lot more load so you have to step back and, and to me you know, the, the learning situation that, that came out of breaking the steering box is, is um, asking the questions about everything else. So obviously that was a, you know, a topic of conversation. I don't get too in-depth in, involved in the, in the conclusions to those questions, but you have to ask questions. Building Toward the Playoffs is presented by Procore. For builders, wasted time is wasted money. With Procore, all people, software and data are connected on one platform. So everyone on your project has access to everything they need. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This weekend, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series will be heading west for the first road course race of 2019. It takes place at Sonoma Raceway. For a preview, here's NASCAR Today Midday host Kyle Rickey. Coming back from an off weekend, the elite drivers of NASCAR head to the west coast for the first road course race of the season in Sonoma. Current drivers are in for a new challenge as the track has added back in the carousel which hasn't been a part of the race since 1997. NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace thinks adding the carousel back is a great idea, and the drivers will be up for the challenge. I am so happy they're going back to the, uh, running the carousel. The carousel is a, a portion of the racetrack that when I ran out there, I, I ran a lot on that portion of the track, and it, it's so exciting. I mean, there's, you, you got a right-hander you can pass at. You got a left-hander going down the hill in the carousel you can set up and pass at. Then you get all the way down to the, the end of the straightaway there. And, and that particular corner put on so much excitement, but I guess they removed it back in the day when Bruton took over the track because they wanted people to be able to see more of the cars. And you kind of did get hidden on the backside of that carousel. A lot of the fans that were watching couldn't see real well, but man, I'll tell you what. They removed a really fantastic portion of the track, but now it's back. Everybody's excited. It's the talk of the town, and I'm really excited about it too because most of my success at that particular racetrack came because of that particular corner. Some of the new guys that's never raced the carousel at uh, the track are going to be surprised when they crest the hill at the very top and they start to go down into the carousel. Been many, many cars there getting what they call a bad wheel hop, and a lot of them were in the wall. So I expect in first practice out there. In serious point, we're going to see a lot of wreck race cars because they just don't really know how to negotiate that corner uh, because of the wheel hop problem. So we'll see what happens. It, it's an area where when you crest that hill and you start going downhill, the car gets very, very light. Uh, it's barely on the ground. You're almost airborne a little bit. And at the same time you're going through that transition, you're on the brakes, and that's what causes the problem. But uh, if you know how to negotiate it and, and you've... Uh, Figure that out. It's it's going to be a really fun corner for all the new guys, I'm sure. Another NASCAR Hall of Famer, Jeff Gordon, agrees that adding the carousel is going to be very tough for the drivers who have never raced that part of the track before. 
far more challenging as a, as a competitor. So I think that the drivers are going to get out of the car for the first few laps and their eyes are going to be really big and they're going to say, I didn't realize how easy we had it. Um, you know, when you incorporate a few of these corners, one is that the carousel looks very simple and it's anything but. It's this almost off-camber, downhill, left-hander um, that you have to be very disciplined in uh, of, of how much speed you carry in, uh, when you can pick up the throttle. But everything you do getting back to the throttle is going to lead to a lot of lap time because it leads to a very long straightaway. And then there's a massive braking zone, which not only is good for speed on a, on a, on a lap, um, if you hit it right, but it also is going to create some really good passing opportunities and some great action. So um, I, 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 I'm, I can't wait. I'm very excited. A um, little bit bummed out. I never won a race. I finished what, second or third in, in this layout, uh, but never won under this layout. Yeah, I'm looking forward to being up in the booth for it, and I hope it's something that's here to stay. Seven-time champion Jimmy Johnson is happy about the addition. Excited around the carousel. I uh, grew up not far from there. watched a lot of racing there. Um, my first time, maybe my first or one of our first times ever driving on the asphalt was on that track in Skip Barber Driving School, and then I ran the carousel. So to go there and not run the carousel has been kind of odd to me my, my whole career so I'm, I'm real excited to go back and uh, have that opportunity to run through there fellow west coast native michael mcdowell is equally excited about the return of the carousel i grew up racing in sonoma and on the full course so um i'm excited to finally get to race an asphalt on the full course and i think it's good to mix things up and you know um It'll add a new element of challenge, and I think it'll create some passing opportunities too. And um, anytime you kind of throw a wrench in there, I think it, it'll spice things up a little bit. So um, I'm really excited that they're doing it. I'm hoping that Watkins Glen will follow suit and put the boot in. I know they want to. Um, they get some resistance from the drivers and teams, but I think the more challenging it is, the better. And I think that with the caliber of drivers and teams and things that you have now, that you know we're more prepared than ever for the for the difficulty of the road course racing and i think the roval was a you know a good display of how good of a race it can be when you increase the difficulty on the road courses so yeah i think it's um it's really good to do that and looking forward to it it's gonna be a fun race eric jones looks at the new configuration as a level playing field for every driver and team and that's kind of a, you know a clean slate for everybody everybody's got to relearn and there's no notes we can look back on other than some other races we've had this year on this package. So it's a clean slate for everybody, and, um, you know, it makes it a really level playing field in that respect. Uh, so, so it makes it fun. I enjoy it, trying to figure it out and trying to figure out how to be uh, a leg up on everybody. Daniel Suarez enjoys road racing but hasn't thought too much about the strategy going into Sonoma. Honestly, I mean, I've been in the simulator. I've been thinking about it a little bit, but not too much. But road course racing for me is a lot of fun. I, I enjoy that a lot. We have had actually some strong runs in Sonoma in the past. Some good top 10s, and I think at top 5, I think. That's why have racing is very strong there. So hopefully we can, we can have some, some good results. Thanks, Kyle. Again, our friends at the Performance Racing Network will have coverage of the Toyota Save Mart 350 Sunday, beginning at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Coming up, we've got an exclusive and candid conversation with Daryl Waltrip about his career and retirement. 
I'm Matt DiBenedetto, driver of the number 95 Procore Toyota Camry. On race day, you can save a ton of fuel by drafting in the pack, but you'll never win if you don't stay up on the wheel. It's like in the construction business. You can either keep up with the competition or leave them in the dust with the Procore Construction Management Platform. Whether you're a GC, specialty contractor, or owner, Procore's software is built to help your team stay on budget, on schedule, and in control. To learn more, visit Procore.com. The Camping World NASCAR Weekend is June 27th through June 30th at Chicagoland Speedway, home of 2018's most exciting finish. Witness the next generation of drivers earn their place in NASCAR history. Taste brisket, burgers, bacon, and more from Barbecue Hall of Famers. And see Lee Bryce in concert all in one weekend, June 27th through June 30th. Get tickets and camping spots now at ChicagolandSpeedway.com. We'll hear from NASCAR Hall of Famer Daryl Waltrip next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Here's your chance to win a set of your very own Hercules tires. Go to HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Simply register, and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go, no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires, ride on our street. Looking towards the weekend? Aren't Thursdays a drag? Hours too. Get your weekly dose of nitro-fueled NHRA talk every Thursday on the Straight Line, presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is Ralph Shaheen. Join Doug Herbert and myself as we talk with the biggest names, both past and present, to ever stomp down on the loud pedal. Top fuel, funny car, pro stock, motorcycles, you name it, we talk about it. Don't miss the Straight Line, Thursdays on MRN.com, iTunes, or wherever your favorite podcasts are heard. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thanks for spending time with us on this week's NASCAR Live. As we head to Sonoma this weekend, it'll be road course race number one of the season for the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, but it will be the final race in the broadcasting career of NASCAR Hall of Famer Darrell Waltrip. Recently, MRN's Jeff Striegel and Alex Hayden talked with DW about that and a lot more. I'd like to take this opportunity and welcome in a very special guest to the Motor Racing Network booth, a gentleman that next week, after a 19-year career with Fox Sports, is going to be saying goodbye after Sonoma. And I think you already know who we're talking about, NASCAR Hall of Famer, Daryl Waltrip. How are you? Well, pretty good. Uh, it's a little early. Uh, you know, I, I like always what Curly in the, in the City Slickers movie said. They asked him how he's doing. He said, I don't know. The day ain't over with yet. So got a, got a little time ago, getting ready to run a race here at Michigan. But uh, things are going pretty good. I'm not too – I'm pretty happy. Is it hitting you yet that uh, after all the driving, all the struggles, and then 19 years with a, a microphone in front of you bringing racing to all the fans, is it hitting you that this, this is coming to a close here? It probably will when I get to Sonoma. They've got a dinner, you know, planned, uh, kind of a retirement dinner. So I, I'm sure I'll – uh, reminisce and get a little teary-eyed uh, at Sonoma, but quite honestly, it doesn't feel all that different any other year. You know, we do half the year. Sonoma's always been our last race, and so we spend the second half of the year watching what, you know, NBC does. I always go on, I'm going to do everything that I always do the second half of the year. When it's going to hit me the hardest, and probably when I'll uh, get a little emotional, is next February. When everybody, all you guys, and everybody's packing up to go to Daytona, and I'm not going. 
And that will be the first time. I went to Daytona the first time for a race in 1966. Now, I'm not that old. That was, I was only 18 when I went there in 66. Went back uh, and went every year since 1970. But uh, I think when Daytona rolls around next February and I'm not there and somebody else is parking in my parking place in the coach lot where I've been for the last several years, uh, that's when I'll, it'll, I'll realize that uh, it's over with and I'm not doing it anymore and somebody else is taking my place. Obviously, the NASCAR Hall of Fame career includes broadcasting, but let's talk about these last 19 years. Is there any moment that just jumps out at you from a broadcasting standpoint that, uh, that really was just uh, uh, one of those pinnacle-type moments for you? Well, you know, that's, I get asked that question a lot, but quite honestly, the very first race. I mean, and none of us will ever forget what happened in 2001 in the Daytona 500. And that was just baptismal by fire. Uh, Larry and Mike and I never really, we'd never done a cup race. And as you remember, that was, an, it was one of the best Daytona 500s I think I'd seen. I mean, everything we predicted happened. You know, lead changes, I think there was a record number of lead changes. The big one, the big one finally happened. And uh, my brother's driving for Dale for the first time. He's in the 15 car. And. They stopped the race after the big wreck, and I'll never forget, I think uh, Bobby Labonte was running up front of one of the Gibbs cars. I think it was Tony Stewart. It may have been the other way around, but one was in the front of the field and one was in the back of the field, and they ended up on top of each other. That's how big a wreck it was. So so Dale and Dale Jr. and Michael were sitting on the back straightaway, and we're listening a little bit. We got our scanners. We're listening a little bit to what you're talking about and talking to Ty Norris and they're talking to the spotters and what they plan on doing. And I, I always like what my brother said, and, and it's an absolute truth. Dale told them, here's what we're going to do, and here's how it's going to play out. He told them before the race ever started that they would be running one, two, three when it got to the end of the day. And he was right. That's how good he was at Daytona. But anyway, we listened in and kind of figured out what they were going to do. And then, of course, we know what happened on the last lap. And I was so excited for my brother. He had never won a race. And I'm jumping up and down and celebrating. And then we got monitors like you do. We looked at the monitor, and I got this, my, I mean, my heart just sunk. I said, I don't like the way that looked. And Mike and Larry was saying, oh, it's all right. He said, Dale Earnhardt, you can't hurt him. I said, boys, I'm telling you, he smacked that wall pretty hard, head on. I don't like the way that looked. And, of course, we know what the results were. So that's the way it started. And, uh, I, I mean, the race that uh, I think Kurt Busch and Ricky Craven had at Darlington. That in, uh, Darlington is so hard to race on, so hard to pass on. Those two guys slamming and bamming at each other on that last lap. And, of course, one of the closest finish we had seen. Eight cars coming to the start finish line at Talladega not too long after that. Uh, just just a lot of things. Uh, you know, the, the Kyle Busch winning all those races at Bristol. I mean, when you can, you want, you were in a truck, an Xfinity car, and a cup car, and you went all three of them in the same weekend. I know Bristol pretty good. <laughs> that is an amazing accomplishment. And uh, he's done that some other times as well. So Martin Trex, the dominance that I saw Martin have at uh, the Coke 600 a couple of years ago where he led 392 of 400 laps. I never saw a car that good that long that won the race. I've seen them come. I've seen them go. That car was flawless all night long. So, yeah, I've seen a lot of things, and I'm sure there's a whole lot of others that if I thought about it long enough, I could think that we could talk about. But those are just kind of popping my mind. Stick around. We've got more with Daryl Waltrip coming up. Welcome back to Sports View. Today's topic, game changers. Makes me think of Progressive's Home Quote Explorer. Finally, a simple, efficient way to quote home insurance. Let's go to Colin, who will now try to say something. Okay, first of all, are you kidding? Never in my life. Okay, when you see stuff like this, look, I'm not the only one who thinks this, although everybody says I am. 
Well said, Colin. Well said. Get right to the point with HomeQuote Explorer. It's a game changer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Since 1942, Freightliner has been an industry innovator, developing trucks renowned for their dependability and efficiency. Whether your job requires a dump truck, a concrete mixer, or a delivery truck, you can count on Freightliner to maximize your productivity. With a wide range of horsepower and torque rating that meet even the most demanding job conditions. Freightliner trucks are built to build your business. Learn more at Freightliner.com. Freightliner. Work smart. We've got more with Daryl Waltrip next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. When you're on the go, missing the side-by-side -side action at the racetrack isn't a problem. Here comes Logano on the high side. He drives it deep into turn number two. Motor Racing Network brings the NASCAR race to you, wherever you are, so you don't miss one lap of the excitement. Denny Hamlin has won the 61st edition of the Daytona 500. You are the man, D.H. The power of radio to the imagination of the listener. Tune in to the Motor Racing Network. Visit MRN.com for an affiliate list in your local area. The 1993 Cup Series season had more than its fair share of twists and turns. Checkered flags waving. I look in my mirror and here's Earnhardt right on my tail and he goes down low to pass me. And I said, oh no, you don't. As Wallace spins, Wallace's car goes on its nose. Here's stories that you've never heard before in a 10-part series called The 1993 Season, 25 years later. And Davey was behind me and we came off the corner and there's a guy standing in the middle of the racetrack. You can download it for free on iTunes and at MRN.com right now this is nascar live now back to mike bagley welcome back to nascar live while we were at michigan a couple of weeks ago mrn's jeff striegel and alex hayden had a chance to chat with daryl waltrip about his pending retirement here's more of that conversation you know what's amazing is uh the career that you had on the racetrack and away from the racetrack. 84 wins all-time, ties you fourth on the all-time list, then 19 years behind the microphone, in front of a camera, bringing NASCAR to fans. And that's where I want to take you next, is uh, what these fans have meant to you over the years. Well, you know, when you're winning races, you don't think about not ever winning a race. When I had won 84, I thought, well, you know, our, that was at Darlington in, uh, in the Southern 500. I didn't know I was, I was in 1992. Did I think that was the last time I'd ever win a race? Heck no. I mean, I always thought, even at the worst of times, I'm going to win a race or two every year because I always had. But then all of a sudden, a year goes by, 93 went by, didn't win. 94 went by, didn't win. And 95, I kind of got things going a little bit better, and then I got hurt at Charlotte when me and Dale wrecked in the All-Star race, and it just kept going downhill. And uh, those wins didn't come anymore. It's like somebody flipped a switch. And what, what got there, – there was good news and bad news. There were fans that said you're washed up and you need to quit driving and, you know, you're old and you're decrepit and, you know, you should go home back to Franklin, Tennessee and let someone. And those were the fans that, that motivated me, really. But then there was those people that stood by you the whole time. They loved you. They cared about you. They, they anguished with you. They hurt with you. When you weren't doing well, they were, they were, they were hurting for you. So, you, ha you know, you have, the, you have the good news and the bad news. But believe it or not, the guy that really kind of bailed me out and made me feel pretty good about myself was Dale Earnhardt. When he called me and said, when Park got hurt, and he called me and said, I need your help. Dale Earnhardt calls me up, and we've been frenemies, you know, friends sometime, enemies sometime, and I need your help. Well, I didn't know what it was going to be next, but whatever it was, I was going to do it. 
And he said, I need you to drive that one car for a while. I thought, you got to be kidding me. You want me to drive for you? I had to think about that about 30 seconds. And I said, sure, I'll be glad to. I just sold my team to Tim Beverly uh, that I'd had from starting in 91. And Beverly was in the process of rebuilding, and he had shut the team down a little while, and I was kind of unemployed to some degree. And then Dale called, and I got in that one car, and it was such a breath of fresh air. I mean, I had, Philippe Lopez was a crew chief. He and I hit it right off, and Derek Finley, and, and Chad was there, and Bono was there. And we, we, we had an all, really an all-star team. And then they plugged me in, and with my experience of owning a team and driving a car and what I knew, and we put it together with what they knew. And if I could have stayed in that car the rest of 98, I'm pretty sure we'd have won a couple of races. We came real close at Pocono. We came real close to several races, California. We were just really getting the thing going good when Park got well, and, I, and Dale said, look, when you get well and you want back in the car, it's your car. And he honored that commitment, and I ended up, you know, driving the Kmart car for the next couple of years. When they called you and said, hey, look, we know you're wrapping up your driving career. And they said, how about, how about television? How long did it take you to, uh, to jump on top of that? Well, it really didn't go that way. <laughs> I, I, I wish it had gone that way. I'll never forget. Bill France Jr. was around at the time, and it was 99, and we were in Phoenix, Arizona. And I was driving a Kmart car and struggling. I wasn't doing any good. I was really having a hard time. Missed some races and whatnot. And so Bill came to me at uh, Phoenix, and he put his arm around me and said, I need you to do something for me. I said, what, Bill? He said, get your ass out of that car. <laughs> I said, I said Bill, I just barely, I'm just trying to get this thing going, man. You know, give me a break. He said, we don't need you on the track anymore. We don't need you in a car anymore. We need you upstairs in that TV booth. And so I'm telling you right now, I want you to get out of that car and get up there and get in that TV, TV booth and get these fans excited about this sport. I said, I'll take that under consideration. So that was the first guy that really came to me and said, look, I want you to talk to a guy named David Hill. David Hill ran Fox Sports. And David Hill came to me in, in, uh, in, in uh, 99, or in 2000, and uh, he said, uh, we want to hire you. Well, I talked to Humpy Wheeler and Bruton Smith, and they had put a number in my mind that I, I felt like I was going to ask for if I, if I got the opportunity. NBC came and talked to me, and I told them how much I wanted to, to do the deal, and they said, ain't no way. We don't pay anybody that much money. I said, okay, I won't do it then. Then David Hill came to me. I told him what I was thinking. He had talked to Humpy and Bruton, and he said, deal sign here and you're in the you're in the booth next year so that's kind of how it went and I thought when I quit driving I said well that's the end of my, you know I, that's my identity that's who I am I'm car number 11 I'm car number 17 that's who I've been my whole career I don't know if I that's my platform little did I know that the best thing I ever did was get out of that race car like Bill asked me to and get in the TV booth because that's been the, the most success I've had it's, it's been the most fun I've had it's been the most profitable thing I've ever done. I've enjoyed every minute of it. I look forward to every race. I look forward to the race today. I look forward to the race next week. And that's going to be the hard part when I have to think about I'm not going to the next race. You know, they're knocking on the, uh, they're knocking on the glass next to us going, we want our guy back. Yeah. Uh, we need our guy back. Before we let you go, yeah. four decades plus of being involved in this sport, and we know you're not going to go far. Yeah. But I think everybody would like to know, we're going to close this chapter, but the story's not over. Yeah. What's next for you? What are you going to do to, to pass your time? Yeah, well, you know, I had Chapter 1 as a driver, Chapter 2 as a broadcaster. I don't know what Chapter 3 is going to be yet. I, I, I really haven't thought, I haven't thought a whole lot about it. Uh, I, I love to give, I, I'm, I like to give speeches. I, I've, been, I've given a lot of motivational speeches. I went to the 
presidential prayer breakfast three or four years ago, and that was a big hit. And so there's things like that I know I can do. I might write some books. I don't know. Uh, I might play a lot of golf. I don't know. Uh, or someone may offer me a job that I can't refuse. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I just don't know yet. I'm going to wait and see. I'm, I'm, I've never been. I'm a day-to-day -day guy. I got up today, and I'm doing today. And I'm going to get up tomorrow, and I'm going to do tomorrow. I've never had a long-term plan. And I don't have one right now for my future. Everything you've done has turned to gold. We're going to miss you. Uh, and I think it's safe to say that we speak for everybody here today that will see you next week and that have seen you over four decades. We're going to miss you. But we wish you the very best. And thank you for everything that you have done for this sport. Well, you're, you're very gracious. You're very kind. I appreciate that. Uh, this sport has meant everything to me. I've, I've dedicated my whole life to it, uh, and that's, that's what makes it so hard to walk away. That's NASCAR Hall of Famer Daryl Waltrip. Coming up next, we'll look back on the events of this week in NASCAR history. This is one of the greatest days of racing. A picturesque setting for a racetrack, one of the best that we go to throughout the course of the year. You know when you come here, you're probably going to see things happen that you will not see anyplace else. Oh, my Campgrounds are full, the fans are filing into their seats, and we are just about ready to get things going. Awesome to hear this place is sold out once again this year. It's going to be an exciting one here today. Plan your weekend at a Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series race today by visiting nascar.com slash tickets. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. This is the AutoZone Commercial Free Zone. Got a job to do? Need parts fast? Check out AutoZone.com. You can get exactly what you need when you need it with free same-day store pickup and free next-day delivery on orders over $35. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Thanks for joining us on this week's NASCAR Live. Before we wrap up the show, let's hear from Susie Armstrong for this week in NASCAR history. Thanks, Mike. This week, we rack back the flop clock to 1982. John Cougar Mellencamp is feeling no pain as Hurt So Good tops the charts. Prince Charles and Princess Diana blissfully welcome Prince William into the world. A jury finds would-be executioner John Hinckley Jr. not guilty by reason of insanity in the attempted assassination of Ronald Reagan. And Cale Yarborough killed him in the Irish Hills, beating Daryl Waltrip to the line for the win in the Gabriel 400 at Michigan International Speedway. He has closed up along the inside rear wheel of Yarborough. Waltrip making the move and making the pass as they head into three. They've got left traffic ahead of them. Waltrip with half a car length right now. He takes Yarborough right to the top. They may have touched. Roy Yarborough goes back in front as they come off turn four. Lap traffic facing them. Yarborough cuts to the inside, looks right down the middle of the racetrack as they come to the start finish line by eight car lengths. Cale Yarborough will win the Gabriel 400 at Michigan. 1993. Lenny Kravitz rides an easy path to number one with Are You Gonna Go My Way? Box office records fall as Jurassic Park takes moviegoers on a cinematic thrill ride. The Chicago Bulls fire up Windy City fans, snuffing the Phoenix Suns to claim a third straight championship. 
and Ricky Rudd burns just enough fuel to win his only race of the season, claiming the checkers in the Miller Genuine Draft 400 at Michigan. Ricky Rudd worked his way down one mile from the checkered flag trying to get to victory lane. He's working his way a good distance behind Rick Mass. Still no drafting help. He's got a lap car between himself and Jeff Gordon. Ricky Rudd is under power. He's on his way off of turn number four. For the first time in 1993, Hendrick Motorsports is heading back to victory lane. Ricky Rudd through turn number four, back to the stripe with cars slowing everywhere, running out of fuel. Rudd goes the distance to win the Miller 400. 1999. George Strait engraves his name on the charts with the number one country song, Write This Down. Horror author Stephen King nearly etched his epitaph on a gravestone, living through a brutal impact with an errant car. And Bobby Labonte survived a late race restart to conquer the tricky triangle and win the Pocono 500 at Pocono Raceway. It's the battle for the lead and also for the win. Bobby Labonte leading Jeff Gordon with Dale Jarrett in third. For the final time today, Bobby Labonte is in turn three. He's heading for the checkered flag. Final quarter, Labonte staying two car lengths in front of Jeff Gordon. Here he comes off the corner, checkered flag at what has not been one of his best tracks. He can't say that anymore. Anymore. Labonte wins at Pocono by two car lengths over Gordon. Second victory in three weeks for Bobby Labonte and the Joe Gibbs team. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. This is the AutoZone Commercial Free Zone. Got a job to do? Need parts fast? Check out AutoZone.com. You can get exactly what you need when you need it with free same-day store pickup and free next-day delivery on orders over $35. Get in the zone. AutoZone. We'd like to thank Daryl Walter for joining us. Also, our thanks to Grant Enfinger, MRN's Steve Post, and Woody Kane. And for the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for joining us this week on NASCAR Live. We'll talk to you next week right here. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and Daytona Beach, Florida. And was brought to you by Bloomin' Monday at Outback Steakhouse and by Hercules Tires, right on our string. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian, Tyler Burnett, and Rich Colbrin. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com to get all of the latest NASCAR news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Five-hour energy is energy on the go. Well, what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then five-hour energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss. Getting rid of old clothes. Oh, my old bell-bottoms. Scouring the grout in your shower. Working out on that old stationary bike. And so much more. Go to the store or order online at shop5hourenergy.com. Five-hour energy. Energy for hunkering down.